can all have a seat, unless you would prefer to stand, which would be a little awkward, but how's everybody doing this morning? All right, a few of you are doing good. That's, <laughs> that's great. Um, my name is Joe Fryman, for those of you who don't know me, and I'm one of the pastors over at the Vineyard Church in Davenport, and Lee and Wendy had asked me to come and speak while they're on vacation, so I hope that they have a super restful time. Um, I'm not actually a Milwaukee fan. I've been kind of hanging out with this guy at the Y that I've been like trying to talk to him about Jesus, and I told him if the Milwaukee Bucks won, I would buy a t-shirt and wear it around, so this is my life now. <laughs> um, but your church has been doing a series in the book of Matthew, and so today we're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 15, and so if you have a Bible with you, or you have the Bible app on your phone, or you can follow along with me, I'm going to be reading out of the NLT version of the Bible. But before we start, I would like to pray, so if you guys would pray with me. We love you, Father. We thank you for this day, God. I pray that you would fully awaken our bodies, our minds, and our hearts to you. God, where we are hopeless, bring hope. Where we are dry, bring water, Lord. Where we are disillusioned, please bring clarity. Please fill us with anticipation for the good that you have for us today. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Matthew chapter 15. Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law now arrive from Jerusalem to see Jesus. So these, these teachers, these Pharisees, lawyers basically, they came down because they had been hearing about Jesus and they wanted to come and see him for themselves. But they came ready with a question. They asked him, why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition? For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. And Jesus replies with a question. And why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? For instance, God says, honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. It's pretty harsh, right? <laughs> Holy cow, let's, let's be thankful that's not the way things are in 2021. <laughs> but you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you. For I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents. And so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce. For they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come in here. So a crowd had gathered around to kind of see what the Pharisees were going to say and see what Jesus was going to reply with. And, he, and so he calls them to him and he says, listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth 
that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you realize you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? And Jesus is probably thinking, you haven't heard anything yet, right? Like if you think about Matthew chapter 23, where Jesus really lays into the Pharisees and he gives them like the seven woes, you know, woe to you, you're, you're whitewashed tombs, you're full of dead men's bones. And so Jesus is going to lay into them a little bit more a little later on. But let's go ahead and skip down to verse 15. Then Peter said to Jesus, explain to us the parable that says people aren't defiled by what they eat. Don't you understand yet, Jesus asked. Anything you eat passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. So he gives a little health lesson. (laughs) But the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile you. Eating with unwashed hands will never defile you. And so what is Jesus saying here? What is he trying to get at? That that we shouldn't wash our hands before we eat? (laughs) No, that's not what he's saying at all. He's, He's saying to pay more attention to who you are on the inside than who you are on the outside. I mean, you see, his gripe with the Pharisees isn't because they want people to have good table manners. That's not what he's upset about. He doesn't care that they want people to wash their hands before they ate. No, what Jesus is against is the fact that the Pharisees taught that people had to do all of this man-made religious stuff to get closer to God. And if you didn't do this stuff, you didn't do these outward things like ceremonial hand washing, the Pharisees would teach that it would actually make you unfit for God and that it would defile you. It would make you an unclean person. You see, the Pharisees wanted people to think that because they did all of this religious stuff that they must be close to God. Look at all of the things that we do so we must be close to God. But Jesus basically says, like, they're just putting on a show. They are play actors, which is what hypocrite actually means. Like, you're an actor in a play. Because the reality was, the Pharisees looked good on the outside. They had all the religious practices down. They went to church. They read their Bibles. They could quote scripture like nobody's business. But Jesus calls them hypocrites. Blind guides. Because they thought what they did outwardly for God made them right with God inwardly. They thought what they did outwardly made them right inwardly. And here's why this teaching of Jesus is so relevant for us today. You see, our culture is obsessed with outward appearance. Beauty, fame, fortune, popularity are all celebrated over morality over character. I can't tell you how many conversations that I have with someone where they'll tell me that, you know, so-and-so is doing really good in life. And what that means is that, that it has nothing to do with their character and everything to do with who they are on the outside. 
When someone says so-and-so is doing really good, it means that they have a nice job, they have a nice car, a nice house, or their kids are good at sports, are doing good in school, that their kids got that scholarship, you know, they're doing really good. We say they are doing good, but it has nothing to do with their character and everything to do with their outward appearance. I mean, how many times do we find out the people are doing good or the people that our culture obsesses over really have no character or sense of morality at all? Friends, this teaching of Jesus in Matthew 15 is a call for heart health. He's saying that it doesn't matter what you do on the outside, how you look, your reputation, what we portray to others, because really our reputation is just what other people think about us. He says it doesn't matter if we're full of moral filth on the inside, if we don't have character, if we don't pay attention to what's going on inside. Jesus is saying to pay attention to the condition of your heart to pay more attention to our inner life than how we look on the outside. He's saying that our hearts will corrupt us if we don't give them attention, as he says in verse 19. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander from from inside. And if we're not paying attention to our heart health, Those things can sneak into our life. I mean, not very many people are murderers, but Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6 that if you you are even angry with a brother or sister, that you commit murder in your heart. And so if we're not paying attention to our heart health, those things really can and will sneak into our life. You see, just like our physical hearts, right? You know, the organ that pumps the blood? (laughs) It's easy to forget about it and not pay attention to it. When we look in the mirror every day and everything looks fine, we think, you know, I don't feel sick. I'm up. I'm walking around. I'm moving. Everything is good. And then seemingly out of the blue, our heart tries to kill us. Right? We have a heart attack. But we all know that heart attack didn't just happen. Most heart attacks happen because of years and years of neglect. Years and years of unhealthy eating habits or lack of exercise or not going to see a doctor. And we just weren't paying attention. We looked and felt fine on the outside. We were doing everything right on the outside. And you see, after someone has a heart attack, it all of a sudden makes sense to them. It it always starts to click. My gosh, I, I really wasn't doing anything to protect my heart. I wasn't paying attention to what was happening On the inside, retrospect, right? (laughs) It always happens in retrospect. And you see, it's the same way with our spiritual lives. We can neglect what is going on inside of us also. We can look good on the outside, doing all the things good little Christian boys and girls do, but inwardly we can be far from God. I mean, all... 
well, I don't know all, but most of the high-profile Christian leaders that we've read about over the past few years that had a complete moral collapse or have actually renounced their faith, which is like this popular thing to do. It's called deconstructionism. But they didn't get there overnight. It was years and years of them thinking that what they were doing for God on the outside, leading big churches, having thriving ministries, writing books and whatever, they they thought that stuff was enough. But they were neglecting their inner lives. They were honoring God with their lips. They were honoring God in public, but their hearts were far from him. And most of them, most of the honest ones, they would admit to that. They would say, yeah, I was doing all of this stuff for God. I was leading people to Jesus. I was, I was living this life in public, but inwardly, I was, I was messed up. I heard, I heard the story of a vineyard pastor once, and it was at a conference, and, and, and it was somebody telling the story about him, but this guy said, like, I would go to, like, these mission trips. I would lead thousands of people to God thousands of people to Christ, but then at the end of the day, I would go back to my hotel room, find myself in a bottle of whiskey, and watch porn until I fell asleep. Neglecting their heart outwardly looked great. And it really can happen to anyone if we don't pay attention to the true condition of our hearts. I mean, I mean, people can go to church We can sing our hearts out during worship. We can raise our hands. We can serve, give, know their Bible, quote scripture, go to small group, post Bible verses on social media, go on mission trips, tell others about Jesus, listen to Caleb on the radio, and still be far from God. We can do all of this outward stuff and still be far from God. Jesus is really getting at your inner life is what matters. Because people can look good on the outside and neglect what is going on inside. And so the question I want to ask today, the question I want you to think about is how is your heart this morning? How is your soul? What is really going on inside of I mean, really, only we can answer that question. Only we really know the true condition of our heart. And so let's just pause for just a moment. Maybe even close your eyes just for a moment and reflect on that question. How is your heart really? What's really going on? And you see, this is a question that we have to evaluate often. We have to evaluate this question often because, again, it's easy. It's easy to neglect our hearts. There's so many distractions in the world right now. There's so many things vying for our attention, trying to pull us out of relationship with Christ. So many things. And the truth is, though, this morning, that I, I really think 
everybody here, <laughs> most Christians, they, they want to have a healthy heart. We, we want to have a close relationship with God. I don't think anyone wakes up in the morning and says, man, I really want to be a hypocrite today. Right? Like, what can I do that will, will be the most hypocritical thing ever? Like, how can I live the most hypocritical life? Right? Nobody thinks that. None of us want that. If you do want that, please have somebody pray for you. Okay, there will be prayer for after the service. But, but since all of us, I, I truly believe all of us want to be spiritually healthy, there are some spiritual exercises and practices that we can do to help us. Again, these are a means to an end. Okay? It's to get us closer to God, to help us get closer to Jesus, to, to pay attention to our heart, to have our heart in the right place. And so let's get the obvious out of the way. Spending time with Jesus, spending our own time with Jesus, our private time with Jesus, it is the main way to stay healthy. To really have a relationship with God outside of what we do in public. (laughs) Jesus instructs us in Matthew 6, when you pray, Go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Your Father will meet you in that place. Jesus is saying that God wants to meet us privately. He wants to have a relationship with us. And you see this verse actually it's a rebuttal to the hypocrisy of the Pharisees who would like only pray in public. They would say these big, long, lofty prayers and everybody would be like, oh my gosh, they're so holy, right? Like I can't measure up. They're the best thing ever. But they didn't really have a private life and Jesus again called them out on that. And so Jesus is saying, have a private life with God. Seek him in, in, in your own time. Get away with him. Spend alone time with God, letting him love us. Letting him meet us where we're at. I love that God wants to spend alone time with me. I love that God wants to spend alone time with me, and he wants to spend alone time with you. God wants to be with you. He wants to meet you. He wants to talk with you. He wants you to get away with him. I mean, I mean, God loves us so much. He wants that. He desires that relationship. I mean, think about any natural relationship that you have. Like if you if you're just showing affection in public, like you're like the PDA master, <laughs> but but privately you're just like, yeah, I don't ever talk to the person that I care about, like in relationship with. I only do it in public. That would be weird, right? Like God wants a a private, God wants our time. He wants a relationship with us. That's exciting. That the Father, the creator of the heavens and the earth wants to spend time with us. Gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. I love how God loves me. I love how God loves me. And so for you, maybe that means, you know, like reading a devotional or something. 
Maybe that's what you do in your private time. Or maybe that means just reading your Bible, letting, letting the scripture just kind of fill your life. Not so that you can go off and quote it and know your Bible, but so that you can know the Bible. Like it gets inside of you. It changes who we are. Or maybe it's really just spending time in prayer. Just taking time out of your day to spend in prayer. Or maybe that means just sitting quietly with him. Not saying anything. Just sitting with him. Just being in the presence of our Father. Just, again, just sitting there letting him love you. Whatever we do, it doesn't matter as much as if we actually do it. (laughs) There's so many different ways that we can spend private time with God. But I know what most people think when they hear that, right? That's like the standard pastoral prescription, right? Like, here's how you get close to God. Read your Bible and pray, right? Like, every pastor is going to lead that way at some point in time. And most people think, like, if only there was time, right? Again, I think most people want to have this. Like, most followers of Jesus, they want to spend alone time with God. They want to get away with God. We want to do all this stuff, but we think, how how am I going to fit that in? If only I had time. You see, in order for us to spend time with Jesus, we have to have that time. We have to have time. And so I want to mention one other heart-healthy practice to help our hearts be in the right place. And, And it's one that gets overlooked so often, but it's so, so important, especially for followers of Jesus today. And it's simply just slowing down. Slowing down. I know Pastor Lee is big on this. Slowing down. I mean, slowing down in our culture almost seems un-American, right? Like it seems like we feel like if we're not doing something, we're just wasting time. Right? If we're not doing something, we gotta we gotta get stuff done, man. I mean, slow is seen as bad. If you have slow internet, that's bad, right? If you have slow service at a restaurant, that's bad. We hate slow, if we're honest. And so the pace of life for us in this country has just been picking up. I mean, it's crazy how busy we are, crazy how big of a hurry we're in. I dr- you know, just when we're driving, we see people just flying down the road, trying to get to wherever, like, you know, like, I, I got to get to Walmart, so I'm going to go 30 miles an hour over the speed limit, even though Walmart will still be open when I get there, no matter what time I get there, but I got to hurry. I got to get going. People are just constantly going and never slowing rushing around in a hurried frenzy to get to work, to get to school, to get to social events, sports for our kids, extracurricular activities, chores at home, and on and on and on. We're just in this massive hurry, this massive rush. And when we do get downtime, when we do get downtime, we spend it binging TV, (laughs) right? So we can get to the next show our friends told us that we just have to watch. Right? You're like, what do you mean I have to watch this? I'm not even done watching The Office yet, and now you want me to like watch Man in the High Castle or whatever it is, right? Do you know that now there's an actual, I just read this, and I can't remember the name of it, but there's an actual social disorder about this very fact. When somebody tells you uh, 
you have to watch this show. People like get into a panic. Like, oh my gosh, how am I gonna do this? I, I, I'm still watching this series, right? It's, it's, it's crazy, but it's true. And, and or, or, you know, when we get some downtime, what do we do? We, we hop on our phones, we scroll TikTok and social media. My thing is Pinterest. I got rid of all my social media accounts. I'd never get on it anymore. Um, so I, I, I scroll Pinterest, and it's funny that when I scroll Pinterest, because I always feel like I'm in a hurry to get to the next thing, right? It's an endless stream, but I'm in a hurry to see what's next. Like I'm, like I'm cramming for this like Pinterest exam. Like all of a sudden, <laughs> the CEO of Pinterest is going to show up and, did you study? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm good. I know exactly what's on here, right? It's weird, but, but we try to get it all in before we go to bed. And then we go to bed, we wake up, and we do it all again the next day. We just never stop anymore. We never take the time to slow. Our bodies and minds are in a constant state of hurried stimulation. And this fast-paced, hurried life, it's taking a toll on us. Stress, depression, anxiety, sleep disorders, burnout are all off the charts in our culture right now. 2021 is the highest level of those things that we have ever seen. And most experts that study these things would attribute it to this fast-paced, busy life that we're constantly going, our minds are constantly going. But busyness and hurry, for those of us who follow Jesus, are taking this toll on our spiritual lives also. Author Dallas Willard once said, hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life. And he urged followers of Jesus to ruthlessly eliminate it from their lives ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Writer Corey Ten Boom once said that if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. <laughs> the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. And I can say that is so right because I know that when I'm in a hurry, when I'm busy all the time, my spiritual life takes a hit. My private time with Jesus takes a hit. I neglect my relationship with God. Like the only time that I read the Bible is like when I'm getting ready to speak or when I, when I need to or when I need to read it in small group. I'm not like spending time with Jesus. I think, you know, I'll just get away with God tomorrow <laughs> when I'm less busy. However, we all know that tomorrow never comes. We're never going to be less busy unless we, unless we intentionally try to slow down. And you know, the snowball effect it has on my character. I start to get irritable, impatient, frustrated, short-tempered. I mean, just last week, I know you guys do like a community on a mission thing, right? Like you guys go out and serve the community. So I was in charge of planning that for our church in Davenport. And just last week, I was just so hurried and busy, and I've just had this insane schedule. And, and I wasn't paying attention to my heart. And the next thing I know, like, I have a 17-year-old who, you know, he's kind of hard to deal with anyway. But, like, I just, we just had this big blowout, knockdown, drag-out fight. And I realized it's because I'm just rushed. I'm hurried. I'm busy. Like, I'm not paying attention to my heart. I really do start to become less like Jesus when I'm in this constant state of hurry. Hurry really is the great enemy of the spiritual life. Something is going to get neglected 
Something is going to get neglected when we're in a constant state of busyness. And as followers of Jesus, often what gets neglected is the most important thing, Jesus. We don't have time for him. We just don't. And so, friends, we need to slow down if we really want to have healthy spiritual hearts, if we don't want the filth that's inside of us to corrupt us, if we don't want these cracks in our character, if we really want to become more like Jesus, we need to slow down. This was one of the most awesome practices Jesus had. Awesome practices. Jesus would slow down. It would say, it, the Bible says in Luke that, that Jesus often, often withdrew to lonely places to pray. Doesn't your heart just desire that? Don't you just like feel that? Like, oh, I want that. And because I really believe that we do want that, I just want to give some practical things that we can do to slow down. Okay? These are things that I try to practice in my own life. I'm not perfect at it. Learning, I'm growing. But, but these are just some things, you know, maybe get up a few minutes early so your morning doesn't feel so rushed which means you have to go to bed a little earlier, right? But get up earlier, and before you grab your phone, maybe before you go to bed, I promise you, you won't be missing anything. Just try it a night or two. Just put your phone in the other room and go, go to bed. And before you grab your phone, just sit quietly in the presence of God. Just, just, just wake up, find a place that's quiet in your house, say, come Holy Spirit, and just sit quietly, letting God love you again. Letting his peace and presence fill you before you start your day. Just, just breathe in and out. Just try it. Or maybe, maybe again, something real practical, you just leave for work a few minutes early. right? You shut off the radio in your car, you drive the speed limit, right? <laughs> Get behind that person in the slow lane and just kick it, right? Just, just chill. Drive the speed limit so you don't feel like you're in a rush. I mean, right? Like, it, like we're always right, rushing out of the house, jumping in the car. I gotta get to work, right? Try to leave a few minutes early so you can do the speed limit so that you can just, again, say, come Holy Spirit, be here with me in this moment and just drive. Just slow down and drive. Another way to slow down, I think, is just to keep like a physical Bible with you. Right? Like, I mean, and I say, I'm not, I'm not against Bibles on our phone. Like, I, I think it's great. I love it. But, like, having a physical Bible, it just slows the process down. Right? Like, we got to really think about, oh, what was that verse? And so we get in and we look through it, right? And, and, and maybe on your lunch break. Maybe on your lunch break from work, you get into the Bible, you read a little bit, you spend some time with God, you shut off your phone, you just reflect on it. I mean, you can eat lunch while you read, right? We can multitask a little bit, but, but just try to eat it a little slower, right? Like, try not to just, again, feel that fast-paced, hurried life where we're just scrolling on our phones. Or maybe after work or school, instead of rushing off to do the next errand, maybe the first thing you do is you take 10 or 20 minutes to just go and be alone with God. I know, that's insane, right? <laughs> like, I got to get home. Again, maybe drive the speed limit to get home. Not hurried, not in a rush. And when you get home, maybe, maybe for those of you who have a car, just sit in your car for a few minutes before you go into the house. 
right? So you don't have to think about making dinner or doing your chores or cleaning or whatever. Just sit and be with God. And I think one of the best ways to slow down and one of the most spiritual practices, <laughs> this is going to be kind of a little different, but is to actually get some sleep. I think sleeping is very spiritual. I mean, I think it's a very, very good thing. I mean, go to bed a little early. Shut your phone off an hour before bed. Shut Netflix off. Like, like you know, whatever you're binging, it'll be there tomorrow, right? Just, just go to bed a little early. Get some sleep. I mean, maybe, maybe even today, try not to fill your Sunday up with having to do all of this stuff. Go home and take a nap, right? When's the last time you got to do that? You know, and if you're not a nap person, just go for a slow walk around the neighborhood. Just, just get out and be with God. Don't, don't oh, I got to get my chores done. I got to cram it all in before I got to go to work tomorrow, right? Ah, just, just slow down. Slow down. Find a quiet place to just sit. Just whatever it is and whatever you do, remember, it's all to help us connect with Jesus. Does anybody want that this morning? Anybody? Just pop your hand up if you want to connect with Jesus this morning. Just want to connect with him. And so worship team, you guys can start making your way up. We're going to close with one more song. And I really want to close this morning with this verse from Matthew. And as I was praying about today, over and over again, this is just the verse that God has just been putting on my heart. Just something that I'm trying to understand. And so I'm like reading different versions of the Bible. But, but Matthew 11, 28, 30, I just love the way that the message paraphrase puts this verse. I love the simplicity of it. And this is really the invitation from Jesus for us this morning. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Jesus is calling us today. Maybe you got this practice down. Maybe you, maybe you nail it every day. There's still room for growth. Maybe right now, maybe you do feel far from God. Maybe you don't know which way is up. Maybe you've just been kind of slowly, like your heart has just been slowly kind of pulling away from Jesus. But you don't want to be in that spot. Like you want to be close with him. The invitation is, come to me. Get away with Jesus. We have that opportunity to do that right now. And so if any of those things like apply to you, if you want to keep growing, if you want to keep just learning, and you want to keep just whatever it is that you're doing, let somebody pray with you. I'm going to go to the back. I'll be available to pray with you. 
right? Or maybe, again, if you're, if you're feeling far from God, like, it's not God's desire for you to feel that way. I'll tell you that right now. It's not God punishing you. It's not God because God's upset with you. God loves you. He wants you to be close. He, want, he desires a close relationship with you. He's a good father. He's a good, good father. And so if that's you this morning, go, just, just get prayer. Sometimes it's, it's a little risky to get prayer. It's a little like, you know, we got to kind of step out of ourselves. We got to like really kind of say, you know what? I, yeah, I want help. I want that. So again, there'll be people in the back. Bethany will be back there praying. I, I'll pray with you, whatever. Or the other thing you can do is just kind of sit during worship, sing the song, reflect, and just be close to Jesus. Just let him love you. So Lord, I thank you for this morning, God. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your kindness. Jesus, I pray that you would be close, that you would draw us close to you. Come Holy Spirit, have your way.